Hey guys, it's Xander. Before we get started on this episode, just wanted to throw out a big, huge, not safe for work warning. This episode covers a lot of different um, not safe for work topics, and there is a lot of strong language and sexual content. So, listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, it's Xander, and this is the Ethereal Path Podcast. Let's get witchy. All right, so here we go. Episode 24 for all of you pervs out there. And you know I love y'all. But anywho, uh, so we are going to talk about sex magic. Yes, the moment has finally come. So I'm sure a lot of people are excited. And um, yeah, did you see what I did there? (laughs) Uh-huh, pun intended, but I'm ching. There's going to be a ton of those. So I'm just going to apologize now. Um, also, in case you did not hear it at the beginning of the episode, there is a not safe for work warning. Um, strong language, and obviously we're going to be talking about sex a lot. Um, so this gives me an excuse to say fuck a lot, which is basically my favorite word in the entire English language. So I am super fucking excited right about now. So let's break this down. What the fuck is sex magic? And it is exactly what it sounds like. Um, So there are people and there are practitioners and there are people who perform certain spells and they have um, incorporated it into the act of sex. Um, And the reason being is that, you know, when you're having sex um, and when now I'm also I'm going to put this big asterisk on when I use the term sex. Um, I'm going to say, um, most of the time, um, and I'll specifically get to certain points, um, but most of the time when I say the word sex, um, I'm going to include masturbation and those who identify as solo sexual in that group, um, because that it's it's almost all encompassing because it, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody and that asterisk is going to make more sense in just a minute um so anywho um a lot of the early druidic and pagan religions um when they were actually you know um celebrating the sacred feminine you know did revolve around sex there were a lot of you know sexual activities and a lot of you know, emphasis on sex and birth and reproduction and the continuance of life. And if you go back and you listen to the episodes, you know, prior to this, you know, it's it's a running theme throughout the entire thing. I mean, the really the entirety of Wicca is based on the premise of the birth and rebirth and the marriage and the sexual union of the goddess and the god. And that is what the entire cycle of the year is. And what got me first thinking about this was, um, you know, why it was basically time to drop this was we were watching an episode of um, Midsummer Murders. And again, we have been fans of the show forever. So if you are not on the Midsummer Murder train, like you legit need to get on BritBox or Acorn, whichever one it's on right now. And just start binging the twenty five the tw- the twenty five seasons, um, because like there's just 
it's just fucking amazing that show anywho um i i swear to god me and the husband have actually tossed around the idea of doing an entire separate podcast based on midsummer um but i digress and that's a whole different story for another day so anywho let's talk about sex baby um so when you're having sex um and again you know here comes the asterisk and or you know masturbating or practicing as a solo sexual um you know it puts you in a different state of mind it puts you and it and it differs every time you know so you can't say that every sexual experience that you have is exactly like the one prior to it or or that they're all the same you know sometimes it puts you in a relaxing mood sometimes it hypes you up like you know sometimes it's you know a little on the rougher side sometimes it's a little on the you know more tender side and i'm also going to put another asterisk down here in that you know this show is extremely sex positive so trust me you are in a completely judgment-free zone like my boy dan savage way back in the day used to say um, you know, you got to be GGG, which is good giving a game. And that is exactly what you will find here. So anything that you may be thinking, yo, let your freak flag fly. As long as it is not hurting anybody phys- physically or mentally permanently and without their permission. So, and you know, like, like Madonna says, you know, sometimes another man's pain is another man's pleasure. Actually, that wasn't Madonna. Madonna, what the fuck? Did, what was the fucking quote from Justify My Love? Shit. Um, oh, poor is the man whose pleasure denies. Poor is the man whose pleasure depends on the permission of another, which is just such a fucking hot quote. But anyway, especially as an alpha dom. But anywho, now you're getting way more information than you need. So that being said, um, we are going to take a quick break and then we are going to roll back into how exactly sex magic works. Okay, so how does sex magic work? So basically, there's a whole bunch of different theories out there, and there's a whole bunch of different schools of thought, but this is basically kind of like the consensus. So sex magic basically works um, under the principle of, like I said, when you get that meditative feeling of like you're walking in between worlds, you know, you get the same out of body experience in a way when you're having sex because you're, you know, all your hormones are racing, you know, you're kind of focusing on, you know, the pleasure aspect and you're feeling, you know, really good. Um, and you know, the, you, this is where the element of like tantric sex comes into play. And, you know, that is a whole nother path that is also part of the esoteric arts. You know, this is where, you know, meditation and, you know, massage therapy can both be used as, you know, a holistic method of healing. It can also be used as a method of foreplay. Like, let's be real. Um, so it's just changing that mindset and putting you into that 
that frame of mind where, you know, you're basically getting those endorphins rushing, you're getting those feel good, you know, feels, and you're kind of letting the magic flow through you. Now, some people actually find that, you know, they will cast spells and incorporate, you know, sex into the act. They will do it sometimes in a real ritualistic manner. Um, you know, sometimes it is, you know, solo practitioners who, you know, it's basically just kind of like the next time they have sex or, you know, whatever, you know, some of their focus is going to be on, you know, that type of spell work, which sounds a little bit dickish, but because it, it's like, you know, it's like you're kind of not fully present with your partner there, but it's also one of those things where, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, a lot of times what you find is that when you have um, people working with sex magic, it's usually with couples. And even if you have like a couple, you know, like myself and my husband who, you know, I'm a practicing Wiccan, but he is not, you know, if I asked him to participate in like, you know, like a sex magic ritual, I, there's, I, there's no way he would say no, let's just put it that way. I'm just going to call it right out. Um, it's, you know, it's one of those things where like a good partner would respect that, you know, and if you're both Wiccan, you know, it's even more of a bonus because then it's like, Hey, you understand why it's happening. You know, you understand that, you know, it's not just about the act of, you know, having sex with that person or getting yourself into that state of mind, but it's all of the letting that energy and that magic flow through you and out into the universe and kind of aid and add into that spell. So, you know, sex magic, it's very, it's, it's very unique and it's very customized and it's very tailored just, you know, like mostly everything else that we, you know, encounter in Wicca is. So, you know, for those people who were thinking that this is going to be a lot of, you know, fuck stories and this, that, and the other, it's like, you know, kind of hate to break it to you, but, you know, not everything is what it seems, but some things are as straightforward as they are. And this is, one of those areas where it kind of falls into both, you know? Um, so let me like kind of circle back to the history a little bit and this, you know, will might help out a little bit of with the understanding too. Um, so like I said, we were watching this episode of Midsummer, and, um, they were, so they were actually celebrating Beltane, um, which now if you were, if you've listened to the podcast, you should know what Beltane is. Um, and I'm not going to tell you where you can find it. You can go find it yourself, but you should know exactly what episode I'm talking about. But anywho, um, so one of the things and one of the traditions, and this is, you know, this is actually part of the plot of the story. Um, and if you were a fan of Dalish, um, and if you're a fan of um, English murder mysteries like I am, then, you know, watch out for a massive cameo. It's fucking awesome. Um, but anywho, um, so the whole point of it was, like, that these villagers from the from this neighboring town okay so there were these two villages basically they were separated by like a hill and in like you know the the big old like english meadow and every year on beltane the men of the one village would go quote unquote invade the men of the other village 
or not invade, my God, invade the men of the other village. Well, I'm sure some of that went on too, but, um, they would go invade the other village and they would basically take the women. Um, and at the same time, because the men of the one village had left their women unguarded, the men of the other village were in the other village doing the same. Basically the villages swapped guys for the night and they had a big old hookup party. And the reason that, you know, they basically did this was, and it even goes back to, you know, the way things were done in the monarchy of, you know, they had to kind of get outside the gene pool a little bit because, you know, you got to figure living in these small towns, you know, a lot of people are related to each other back in the day. So, you know, even they kind of knew the dangers of like first cousins and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you kind of had to do it to keep the gene pool fresh. Um, so, you know, and I, and I'm sure, you know, there were many instances where, you know, not all participants were happy about this, but, you know, I can also see where there would probably be a lot of fun in this. And, bonus cocktail fact um the men and this is also portrayed in the episode of midsummer the men would actually dress up as stags which is a representative of the horned one which is one of the versions of the god who is at his most fertile he's at his most potent he's at his most um like the 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 strongest point of his life um in when we get into a lot of the deep dive of the history and the um names and the forms of the goddess and god um you know we're going to talk about this a lot more but one of the forms of the god is the horn god and like i said he shows up and he is you know pure masculinity he is you know representative of man in his most primal um most you know sexual form basically and he is re he is getting ready to impregnate the goddess and they are ready to you know become the overseers of the harvest basically um and since he is known as the horned one the men would dress up as stags to honor him because you know he is typically depicted as um a centaur with you know um with horns like a reindeer basically um and that is actually where we get the term stag night from because it was the night out before or was it was the night out of mating um and that is where stag night in you know english english vernacular comes from um and we here in the states more commonly know it as a bachelor party so that is actually the origin of where bachelor and bachelorette parties totally started from was that these men would basically swap their women um from the men of one village to the next one night a year so they could basically keep the gene pool fresh and you know keep producing legitimate heirs true fucking story and like i said the best part is midsummer totally fucking nails it okay so i wanted to take a quick break just to tell you guys that if you head out to the facebook page right now and our instagram page as well too 
there is a link that is attached to a PayPal link and you will see it. And right now we are running a special in our Etsy shop that you can get all four corded necklaces for $35 and free shipping. So all you have to do is go to this PayPal link click buy now the order comes in and you get all four necklaces for just 35 bucks four necklaces four stones that's one clear quartz one obsidian one lapis lazuli and one amethyst i hope you guys take advantage of this deal it is a super 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 savings and please 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 take advantage of it because it's only while supplies last so again only while we have stock is the time that this deal will be good so again all four of our quarter necklaces for $35 and free shipping. And remember, if you buy our spell vial talismans, those little spell jars fit perfectly in the quartered baskets as well. So you get four of them with the four stones. And again, if you happen to buy any of the spell, spell vial talismans as well, those fit perfectly and work great as either pendulums or pendants or charms. So I hope you take advantage of the steal. Okay, let's jump back into the podcast. So again, you know, you can see how, again, a lot of the rituals, customs, and things that we do here, you know, in our everyday modern life in modern society is really rooted in, you know, the pagan and Wiccan religions. Um, it, it It's almost like, you know, you, you can't help not see the parallels. It's... It's it's almost kind of crazy to me that, you know, like even with, you know, these things sitting right in front of you, people still like, I mean, I, I understand, you know, uh, the health, a dose of skepticism can be healthy every now and then, but it's one of those things where you almost kind of want to be like, bruh, like, how can you like deny that this is, you know, where this came from and in a way it's kind of like that's what irritates me a lot about like modern religions and i think we're going to actually like dive into this a little bit you know since we're already covering such a quote-unquote taboo topic as sex magic you know let's let's talk let's talk about you know some like religious you know um symbolism as well and it's that you know i i find it very hard to believe in, I find it very hard to take that there are people out there who literally have like ripped off these practices, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, they themselves have done it personally, but it's, you know, it's just been done of the, you know, the, the systematic, you know, discrediting of, you know, certain religions over the years where they basically take someone's traditions and cultures and this, that, and the other, and they make it their own. And it's kind of fucked up um, because they kind of twist it. And in a way, it's it's why, you know, over here in America, like, let's be real, you know, sexuality is very prudish and we still have a long way to go before a lot of people are comfortable with their sexuality. You know, um, most of the time in, you know, again, I hate to be stereotypical, but again, 
you know, stereotypes are true for a reason, you know, a lot of the times you find in the gay community, especially amongst gay men, you know, a lot of sexual activity and a lot of sexual promiscuity, but it's because it's, you know, think about it, you know, you're being persecuted for who you are and what you enjoy. So the very first opportunity you get to do it, you're going to kind of take advantage of it. Plus, you know, on top of it, we're guys, we're horny constantly 24 seven so you know we're we're pretty much dtf all the fucking time you know and it's like i think back to like my first trip to the uk when i was you know 19 and you know i saw a commercial and there were just a whole bunch of titties hanging out and it's like we can't even show that stuff like on TV here, like I think, I don't, I, I can't even remember if Skinamax was allowed to show tits. I think they were, but um, you know, I should be pre P PC and say breasts, but I'm a dude, whatever. Um, so it's you know, you know, and again, it's no offense to anyone, um, but it's one of those things where you know, it was almost kind of like culture shock, where it's like this is being shown at like seven o'clock at night during like primetime TV, but like you know, again, there's not that you know prudishness or that tabooishness around it and through the systemic bastardization of wicca and other esoteric religions you know sex became a negative taboo we don't talk about a thing because in the wiccan tradition it's basically celebrated you know and if you actually go through the wheel of the year which is you know i was kind of busting out my um my book of shadows just to kind of you know do a quick one th run through you know and see if there's anything you know i wanted to like bring up specifically but it's like you know this entire the the entire wheel of the year that we celebrate is all about sex fertility the birth of the god the birth of the goddess you know the blessings they bestow upon the harvest you know how they live their life they age and they die and it's all about life and fertility and reproduction and the way we do that is through sex but it's not to say that sex also isn't meant to be pleasurable and enjoyable because there can be a lot of magical things that happen through sex you know you know, with sex with another partner you know can be very romantic it can be very intimate it can it can you know really bring two people together it can be very bonding um, you know, and there are plenty of other types of sex out there that can be very bonding as well that don't necessarily have to be in, you know, some form of a relationship context or in some form of what society, you know, feels like, you know, there are to this day, you know, covens and other religions who, you know, use sex and sexuality as part of rituals and practices and circles. And so, you know, you think back to those scenes of like, you know, in Da Vinci Code where, you know, um, what's her name ended up seeing her grandfather engaging in this, you know, sexual ritual, you know, celebrating the divine feminine, but that's exactly what it was it was a way of honoring 
the divine feminine and the honoring, you know, the fact that women are the life givers of the earth. And without women, you know, this cycle of reproduction just would not happen. It's, it's just, it's the way it is. But ever since you had that shift from, you know, the misogynistic standpoint of, you know, let's be real, like, you know, women can't run the church and, you know, further run out the Da Vinci Code thing of, you know, Mary Magdalene was supposed to, you know, take over the church and not St. Peter, but again, whole nother fucking topic. Um, you know, you see where, that misogynistic view, you know, they basically had to relate anything to that view as, um, you know, evil or a sin or something that is to be frowned upon, you know, see why in Da Vinci Code, you know, we're the scene with Ian McKellen when um, Audrey Tato's character refers to Mary Magdalene as the prostitute and he gets very upset and he's like, you know, she was no such thing. This is, you know, this was slander on part of the Catholic church, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. And, you know, not saying that the Da Vinci Code is, you know, truth in any way, shape or form, because, you know, the first time I read it, I 100% was like, this was a great fucking story. I can totally see there being some truth to it, but like, let's be real. This is a work of fiction. You know, yes, it is based on some truth and rumor out there, but, you know, it, it still Da Vinci Code itself was a work of fiction. Okay, so let's be real, you know, let's not split hairs. But again, it was based on some truth. And is the idea of the Catholic Church being run by a woman so bad? No, you know, because again, you know, Wicca is a religion that celebrates that aspect of the divine female. And we're basically going to run through it right now. So running through the wheel of the year real quick, you know, let's, you know, go back to Yule. Um, Yule is the celebration of the birth of the young God, life and light are returning to the world. And this is actually where the God is representative of his horn God form, um, because he is growing, he is coming into his strength, he is becoming more masculine, he's a guy, he's growing up and he's doing his thing, and you know, the crone has disappeared into the woods, which is why, you know, we have lit the path, um, you know, up into, you know, in, in bulk and into um, um, Ostara, where, you know, um, basically the goddess appears in her maiden form and she is ready to, you know, mate with the god in his horn form. And that is where pretty much the year kicks off. That is pretty much what Beltane is all about. We celebrate that on May 1st. We celebrate that on May Day. You know, and again, if you go back to the Wheel of the Year episode, you know, we get in, we get into the deeper meaning of 
you know what you know like the significance of a maypole that you know sexuality and passion rule the day because this is the day that you know the horn god and the maiden finally get together and the maiden becomes a mother because the horn god finally impregnates her um so you know it's based on that cycle of birth and rebirth that you know the Wiccan year is really based on because then when when you continue on you know you get to the day of um you know Letha where the god battles his light and dark self and this is on the summer solstice um because you know again shortest day of the year you know so basically the dark god wins and this is where um i'm sorry i said shortest day of the year and i totally meant, and i totally meant longest day of the year um this is where you know the yule um the Yule King wins and the Yule King is also referred to as the dark God. Um, so again, you know, this is whatever you call the two halves of the dark of, of the God. There's the light God and the dark God. There's the horn God and the Yule King. Um, you know, I've seen many, many pairings. And again, you know, we'll dive a lot deeper into this, but you know, on, um, Letha, the summer solstice again, this is where the dark God or the Yule King defeats his, younger self um and basically you know this is where the harvest is getting ready to be to be um um sown this is where you know the animals are slaughtered on Samhain this is you know where the time of the year that the light starts to you know fade and you know darkness comes upon the earth and we're getting into fall and winter and everything like that and then you know everything kind of restarts at yule and you know we run the cycle again so again you know just the wheel of the year is based strictly on sex and that is what a lot of pagan religions do so you know this is something that you kind of need to learn and you need to get comfortable with because it's part of the heritage and it's part of the history you know and sex magic is something that is definitely there to be celebrated you know um again you know we the the main goal in wicca is again to you know you you have that principle of vibration where all of the little atoms and molecules that make up who we are everything about us everything our surroundings you know all that energy that's constantly flowing back and forth all those little molecules that are vibrating you know we want them to vibrate with good helpful energy and to be as much of a helpful force in our life as possible and notice i'm choosing my words very carefully here because you know positive does not always mean good and negative does not always mean bad um you know and working in the healthcare field the first thing i can just automatically come to is any sort of you know rapid testing um you know if we go to test you for something and you test negative that means you don't have it um so in some cases in most cases actually um negative is a good sign um whereas if you test positive that means you have whatever we're testing for and 99 percent of the time you know we're only testing for stuff that we don't want to see so if you test positive positive is a bad 
thing. So anywho, um, that's why like, you know, I try to get very specific and I use, and I try to use terms like helpful and harmful, um, even though it doesn't always come out that way. So, you know, splitting hairs, but again, you know, I always roll back to it's what you have intended inside. But anyway, um, so through sex magic, the art of just having sex or having a sexual experience changes your vibrational energy. It changes the vibrational energy around you and it can heighten certain spells. It can heighten certain things that you have done. It can heighten certain things that you are looking to accomplish. Um, so again, like most other things in Wicca, you know, if sex magic is something that you are very interested in, which it just sounds so funny to even say that because it's like, who doesn't like sex? Um, you know, even, even asexual people I'm including in that because, you know, like whilst I, you know, definitely do not define myself as asexual and I definitely do not, um, you know, disrespect anybody's sexuality or, you know, it was sexual spectrum for that matter. Um, and that also includes gender identity and gender spectrum. You know, you do you and only you can do and determine what's right for you. And, you know, I don't like to speak to things that, you know, I don't understand or that I should say that, you know, I haven't done either my research on or I haven't met anybody that falls into that category. So I can't like, you know, really sit down and have a conversation with them. Um, but anywho, like I said, with everything, you know, it's you got to get out there you gotta just kind of play with it and practice it but i'm ching and you know you just kind of gotta see what's going on just remember throw up some sort of protection spell before you kind of really dive into it um if you want to start solo, you kind of know how to do it solo. If you want to start with a partner, um, I would actually, you know, discuss it with your current partner or find a current partner that you would like to, you know, explore this with because this is something where – so it's almost kind of one of those things where if you think about it, if both people are focusing on the same goal – um, which is raising that sexual vibration and that sexual energy to enhance whatever else may be going on at the time. Let's be real. Two people are better than one. You're going to, you know, get double the energy. You're going to get double the power, you know, and that's not to say that solo sex magic is weaker or not as powerful in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, it's just, again, it's a different format. It depends on what you're going for. It depends on what you, what you, what the end result to be. But again, you know, I always throw this disclaimer out. Remember law three and ye harm none. That's all I got to say. So glad you got this out of your system. Glad you got this one out of the way. And I'm glad I got to drop a new fresh episode for you guys. Um, you know, gotta say what's up to my people of Greece. They are giving Ireland, they're giving you a run for your money. So Ireland, you better start spreading the word. I'm kind of looking at you guys as like my own personal little like Olympic slash Miss Universe. It's like, you know, I can see where everybody's kind of jumping in and I can see, you know, where everyone's listening. So Ireland, you've been sitting in that number two spot, but I'm telling you right now, Greece is coming for you. So anywho, on that note, blessed be everybody. 
you all, you all have a wonderful weekend. Again, check out that Etsy sale. Um, it is on our Facebook page. It is on our Instagram page. Um, like I said, it is only going to be valid while supplies last. And as soon as we are sold out, I'm going to try to take the post down. Hopefully, I will remember. So, you know, if you want to see if it's still available or if we still have stock, before you make that purchase, shoot me a message. You know, um, it comes straight to my phone like, you know, most everything does. Um, and there's 8,000 ways to get in touch with me. Um, listen to the outro. You'll hear everything. So on that note, I'm Xander. This has been the Ethereal Path Podcast. Happy episode 24. Thank you again for all that you have done, all your listening, all your donations, and everything else. And again, blessed be. Have a wonderful weekend. The Ethereal Path Podcast is hosted by me, Xander, and is owned by Ethereal Path LLC. You can find us on the web at www.ethereal-path.com. Don't forget the dash, it's super important. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Ethereal Path, and on Twitter as at Ethereal Path PGH. This is also our email address, etherealpathpgh at gmail.com. DMs are open on all of our platforms. The Ethereal Path Podcast can be found on all major podcasting platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. Our Etsy shop can be found under Ethereal Path PGH. Links can be found below and on our website. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. Every one of those clicks makes a huge difference. Thank you for listening, and blessed be.